The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And not much positive to discuss tonight, I'm afraid, other than the fact that this game is now over. Thank God. As the Royals get steamrolled by the Rangers 8-2 after a 48-pitch second inning from Danny Duffy. As we welcome you into another edition of your dish on Clubhouse Conversation, it's Davo where we will break this one down and preview the next three after we give you your player of the game. And for the third time this year, and the guy's only been up here for probably, what, 13 or 15 games? The third time already this year, Johan Pino wins player of the game, which is not a good sign. I mean, yes, it's common to be blowing out and have a guy come out and eat up innings. That's not abnormal. But the fact that in those games, he was about the only one that performed well is not a good sign for the Royals. But Pino did keep the most important part of the bullpen fresh. The Royals are still one more game without Kelvin Herrera, but at least going into game two tomorrow night, we'll have Wade Davis, Greg Holland, uh, Luke Hochaver, Ryan Matson, and Jason Frazier all available. Even Morales could throw in a pinch again tomorrow, thanks to Pino. Three and a third innings of one-run ball on three hits. Five strikeouts and two walks. The only blemish was a seventh-inning home run by Thomas Field. So nice job by Pino. And you wonder, with Joe Blanton having made another start at Omaha and been pretty good down there, and his opt-out where he can get out of his deal is, I believe, Friday, you wonder, could he be coming up in a long relief role, especially after the Royals eat up Pino tonight? But who knows? We'll see. I mean, Blanton's not exactly fresh after his last outing either. I'm going to say no because Pino's been outstanding so far this year. But we shall see. I believe he may stick around until Vargas comes off the DL. So the Pino outing came after another absolutely horrendous start by Danny Duffy. That's two in a row. Highlighted by that 48-pitch second inning, as I just talked about, where he walked five. It was hard to watch. No command of any of his secondary pitches. Fastball was moving all over the place, which is good when you can semi-control it, but not when you can't. Was able to sneak a few in the strike zone to get to some full counts before losing hitters. Gave up the 3-2 pitch to Delano DeShields Jr., the, the you know the double to left field that scored three after he was sitting dead red fastball since Duffy couldn't locate after all those walks. and It was rough. Three and two-thirds overall for Danny, allowing six runs on five hits. Struck out four, but six walks. And Dave Island says, you know, he's just trying to overpower guys early in games instead of pitching relaxed and, and just, you know, throwing his game. And I think that Dave feels he's trying to overthrow and his mechanics are being flawed and he's trying to do too much and everything's flying open early. The ball's not being located. And Duffy, to his credit, did look a lot better in the third inning especially and even a little bit into the fourth before giving up another home run. But or a home run, I should say, not another. But his ERA now sticks and stands at 5.67 after this outing. It's rough. He goes from the highs of highs against Detroit where he tips his cap to you know, a, a crowd of, what, 29,000 on a Thursday night against the Tigers at Kauffman Stadium to one-plus innings, a four-run ball against Cleveland to tonight. So we're at a little mini crossroads for Danny Duffy in this early season, his next start at the K against the Yankees. Because, And, and, and I got a, a tweet here. Let's, let's talk about this. A tweet came in from Bradley. Thanks for the tweet, man, at Royals Clubhouse. He says, do you think Duffy will get it together, or do we need to send him down to Omaha? 
The answer, let's, let's start with the second half of the question first. Do, do we need to send him to Omaha? No, not right now. Not at all. First of all, Dave Island is, if not the best pitching coach in baseball, certainly top three to top five. We talked about that last night and throughout the last year ad nauseum about how he continues to get guys in his possession who have career years and, and make improvements. So the best place for Danny Duffy right now is in Kansas City with Dave Island. That's the number one. You need an island around. Number two, this team's probably not going to get where they need to without Duffy. But with that being said, number three, yes, he could need some time at Omaha, I think, if this continues for two more outings. I give him the outing against the Yankees. Now, if he's miserably bad against the Yankees again, like tonight in the last game, then perhaps you send him to Omaha after that start, but I don't think so. I think his leash is longer than that. I think he gets two more starts like tonight. If that happens, you got to send him down because at some point you're going to destroy the bullpen and the kid's confidence, and he could work out some things down in Omaha, I suppose. So do I think he needs to go to Omaha? Not right now. No, not for another at least one, probably two starts. And, and I don't think he's going to have any more measurable starts like this. Of course, I also didn't think he would tonight either. I'll admit that. Now, do I think he will get it together? Yes, I do. Assuming he's healthy, which I believe he is. I mean, as long as he's healthy, colored me concerned but not worried about Danny Duffy. Just concerned because the Royals really need him to get where he was last year or close to have the same type of year as last year. Because, I mean, a good thing is, again, with Herrera back, the Royals have an eight-man bullpen. So, I mean, they've got a, a pretty – while they're using guys a lot, at least they have a lot of arms out there. But at some point, you're not going to have that luxury. And at some point, the rotation is going to have to start giving you some innings. I mean, if, if this continues into June, we're going to have some problems. I mean, we're still at the, at the point of the year where the Royals have covered the issue with their starting rotation, and I believe they can do it for a couple more weeks. But you can only slap Band-Aids on a deficiency for so long. You can only put lipstick on a pig for so long, unless you're drinking a lot. That makes no sense. Moving on. <laughs> now, offensively tonight, not much going on against Colby Lewis, obviously, and I kind of feared this. They look sluggish to the Royals. As we talked about last night, when you don't get to your hotel room until 5.45 in the morning, it's probably 6.30 or 7 before the guys are asleep. They're up at noon. Back out to the ballpark, no BP today. It just seemed like things were stacked against them from the start. Just one run and three hits for the Royals in seven innings, five strikeouts, two walks. That's two straight nights that only one Royal has had two hits. That was Alcides Escobar. I mean, not much to talk about. This game's just a clunker. The only thing of note is Danny Duffy in this game and maybe Pino. I mean, other than that, there's not much else you can take out of this game. And we don't know yet exactly what will come of, of Duffy. But Pino's been another nice surprise. Add him to the list of the Chris Youngs of the world, and even the Moraleses of the world. The Royals continue to have nice surprises. Paul Orlando's been that for a while, although he's coming back down to earth, and I would imagine is heading to Omaha in about two and a half weeks when Rios gets back. So let's turn the page on this one. The Royals moved to 20-12. and 12. I should say drop to 20-12. and 12. The, the Rangers moved to 14-18 and 18 on the year. Next three games, I said coming in, the Royals needed to get a split in this series. That's the expectation. The goal is three. Kind of like Detroit, the expectation was one. The goal was two. So the Royals got the goal. So I said coming in, a four and three road trip was the, what, what they needed. So they can split this series and get a, you know, a four and three road trip. Next three games, I like the Royals matchups and probably two of them, if not all three. There's a couple of these that are kind of stalemate type matchups. But some of these Rangers guys are so tough to tell because they don't have long careers, some of their starting pitchers, and they've never faced the Royals before, two of these three guys. So tomorrow it's Edinson Volquez against Nick Martinez. Martinez, the right-hander, has been really good. 2-0 with a 1.47. Texas is 6-0 when Nick Martinez starts. That sounds like he's due for a loss to me. 
And kind of like a Shane Green from Detroit, where his first couple of starts, he had an 0-3-5. In fact, his first four starts, and then had a 4-2-2 ERA his last two. So it'll be interesting to see the Royals have never seen Nick Martinez before. They face him tomorrow. Against Edinson Volquez, 2-3 and three with a 2-6-5, coming out the three-inning, very Danny Duffy-esque performance from tonight, where he walked, what was it, four and one inning? Six walks in his last start against Cleveland in those three innings, because of the blister, mainly. We'll see how that is tomorrow. He acts like it's no big deal. It seems as though he'll make his normal start, which I'm pretty sure he will. The Royals probably wouldn't have used Pino as long tonight if they were afraid of that. So Volquez and Martinez tomorrow. I like the Royals in that game, but again, we've never seen Martinez, and he's been good, so we'll see. That that could become one of those toss-up type games. I like the Royals quite a bit the last two. Tomorrow's kind of the toss-up game to me, but I'd lean the Royals on it. The next game on Wednesday night, Yordano Ventura with his 5-1-3 takes on Giovanni Gallardo with his 4-1-9. Gallardo, also a right-hander. And the Royals haven't seen him since 2007, so really no data on him. Getting no run support. He's got a decent 4-1-9, like I said. Texas is giving him, per nine innings, 0.78 runs of support. Let's hope that continues against Yordano Ventura, who comes off six innings of four-run ball against Detroit, where he got doinked to death by broken bat and cracked hits. Ventura did win both starts last year against Texas with a 2-1-9 ERA. So Gallardo and Ventura, I like Ventura. I think Ventura's a lot better than a 5-1-3. And Gallardo, I don't know a lot about him. I've only seen him throw maybe three times in my life, but nothing special to me there. But again, no data against the Royals either, so who knows. And Again, I mean, one guy has faced the Royals in 07. The other two have never faced them. A guy who hasn't faced them again is the lefty on Thursday afternoon, Ross Detweiler against Jeremy Guthrie. Detweiler 0-4 with a 7-2-2. Guthrie 2-2 with a 5-7-0. Guthrie comes off that great performance, arguably the second best by a Royal starter in his last outing against Detroit on the big Saturday afternoon win. And good news versus Texas, Guthrie does have a 3-4-0 lifetime against the Rangers, who, like I said last night, are not scoring many runs. 13th in the American League in runs. An 8th in ERA. Guthrie saw the Angels once last... The Angels? The Rain... Where did I get that from? The Rangers once last year, seven innings of one-run ball with 1K against the Rangers in Kansas City. And Detweiler, if you're wondering, yeah, he's never seen the Royals and hasn't been real good recently either. His last outing, four innings and five runs against the Rays. And at home this year, he's 0-2 at the 5-7-3. So Detweiler, a guy who's probably pitching for his rotation life as he takes on the Royals. I like them again on Thursday. I like them quite a bit on Wednesday and Thursday and by a little bit tomorrow. Translation, they'll win two of the next three, I believe. Split this series and come home with a with a very solid and very good 4-3 and three road trip. We'll have it again for you tomorrow night on Clubhouse Conversation. Hope you were able to listen to the Harry Dunlop interview I had today. Two hours. He, I mean, he, him and Denny Matthews, as he, as he jokes to me, him and Denny were the only two who saw every game for the Royals from 1969 to 1975. He was on through Joe Gordon and Charlie Metro and you know, Jack McKeon and, and all those guys. I mean, he was there all those years, 69 until 75 for the Royals as a coach. Also caught three no-hitters in the span of two weeks when in the minor leagues as a catcher. An interview you want to hear, it's over an hour of in-depth info about the early Royals days. He talks about the expansion draft, the Royals Academy, a lot of those you know players early on. And some of the guys we've lost way too young, he'll remember them as well. It's a great interview, so download that. It's two hours. I realize it's too long to probably sit there on a computer and stream it. So download it and take it with you. And tomorrow uh, we'll be catching up with Brandon Downs, who was down uh, with the Lexington Legends 
the Royals' seventh-round draft pick last year. So lots to, you know, lots to look forward to on the website. Keep coming back, clubhouseconversation.com, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Facebook as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow, and go Royals!